Hi guys. Hi. Uh, Tim, Isaiah, Impact Nations. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I was scheduled to be recording a podcast with one of our partners uh, there we go. a little bit ago. But as is the case sometimes with um, international, international podcasting, yes, it? international recording and such, there were some <laughs> difficulties connecting. So uh, you're stuck with us two schmoes instead for just a few minutes. I uh, I did just want to touch base with our listeners though, and just let them know uh, yeah. a couple little things that are going on. I had a really good talk with Annabelle yesterday. Um, for those who didn't catch our episode with Annabelle. Uh, two weeks two, ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, check it out. It was an awesome interview, just telling her testimony of, you know, what the Lord's been doing in her life, uh, where he rescued her from and stuff. It was pretty awesome. It was fun to edit, too. I heard all the laughing <laughs> as they recorded it. And so then I went back and, and edited it, and I think I watched more than I needed to. That's funny. Just because I wanted That's to enjoy, enjoy yeah. the content, yeah. Um, I was on the phone with her yesterday. And just a couple little things that I thought I'd share with our listeners today. Um, one, we had a Journey of Compassion team there in June. Right. Um, and one of the things that our team did while they were there, uh, kind of a little extra bonus, I guess, with Journeys of Compassion is that we get to come and just really love on and bless our partners while we're there. I mean, we're, we're helping build their ministry and, and, you know, build the church and things like that. But we get to just minister to our partners at the same time. Yeah. And so they had a really neat afternoon of... Um, they were washing the feet of all of Annabelle's team, um, which was a really profound time. But during that time, um, there's a, a member of Annabelle's team who she and her husband have been trying to have a kid, a baby, for uh, 10 years and haven't been able to. Right. And um, during that time, one of our team members just prophesied over this woman, hey, by this time next year, you're going to be a mother. Um you know, you always wonder what's going on inside of the person who says that. <laughs> like, if there's like a, that's a very specific prophecy. I hope I get it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I found out just yesterday, uh, and I was quick to actually call this team member and tell them because I knew they would be encouraged too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the that lady is pregnant. Uh, it's Great. a short, short part of That's the story. That's a short story. The, the cooler thing is uh, she and her husband had actually taken out a loan for, I think it was 40 million shillings, which is just a lot of money. Lot, it sounds yeah. like a lot of money, and it is a lot it of money. Is. I mean, shillings are different than in, U.S. It's not 40 million U.S. No, no, but it's a but lot it's of money. still a lot of money. Yeah. Um, they'd taken out a loan from the bank for in vitro fertilization uh-huh. because they they really want to have a baby and the morning that the bank approved the loan and, and put the funds into their account uh, was the morning she started getting morning sickness great <laughs> so you know she went and she got saw the doctor and got tested and sure enough she is pregnant so she got uh, to call the bank and just say hey uh, you can take your money back I don't need it anymore great so anyway just a, a cool little story of just God's faithfulness and I thought it would encourage people to hear that that is really fun um it it I would be terrified to, like, have that kind of a prophecy. Yeah. Either give or receive, really, because you it's just so profoundly life-changing if it's right. Yeah. And I guess it would be rather devastating if it was wrong. So it would be really intimidating, but it's fun when, it, when God actually works and does yeah. amazing things and we get to see that. You know, uh, 
I think sometimes we, we talk about this sometimes in the office in terms of the um, because a part of Impact Nation's ministry is is in healing, right? And there's a certain I don't know. We sometimes it comes up like, whoa, it's a lot of pressure. To, <laughs> but the thing is, the pressure's not on us. The pressure's mm-hmm. on That's on true. a very good God who loves to heal people. That's true. Uh, and so I think sometimes we take on that stuff when it's just leave it with the Lord and trust that he does good things. Um, But step out in faith, just the same, you know, I was reading in, uh, oh, tangent, but I was reading in Acts uh, this morning. I'm I'm doing a really, really slow reading of Acts and I've been going for several weeks and I made it all the way up to chapter three today. Uh, So I was reading the first few verses of chapter three, which um, is the story of uh, Peter and John going into the temple and they stop because there's there's a beggar that uh, it says a lame beggar that his family members or friends place him in this one spot outside the temple every day and um, it's Peter and John are walking into the temple and they stop because this guy is asking for money and he's about to get a lot more than he bargained for right. uh, and one of the really interesting things actually that, that I noted this morning when I was reading it's this really weird exchange where they um, they looked at uh, it says Peter looked at him or Peter and John looked at him and then Peter says look at us <laughs> like with an exclamation mark too like look at us and I was like I, I had to just sit and contemplate that for a while you ever read some read a verse and you're like why is this here what does this mean, what, does mean? Like, what is going on and I just kind of chewed on that for a little while and, and prayed about it and um, you know I think that when I started to put myself in the shoes of the beggar, for instance, uh-huh. who sits, it says every day his family members or friends put him in this spot to beg. And I think about people that I pass, you know, in Albuquerque, uh, as I'm sure in many cities, there are a lot of people standing at corners, like, uh, who are begging at streetlights, right. uh, you know, a little sign, uh, homeless, need your help, whatever. Um, and they... Uh, I imagine, I don't want to project, but I imagine that at times for some of them, there is a level of shame involved in that. Sure. Uh, and there's, I think there's also a level of uh, shame for us mm-hmm. as fellow human beings who see this, don't really know what to do with it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'll admit to at times, you know, like you get busy playing with the radio or something because you don't want to. your sunglasses go on. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you don't know how to engage with them. Right. And here's here's Peter who just like look at me like look at us uh, make eye contact with me and it's like this moment of I see you and you see me mm-hmm. and now it's like it's like now I can engage in compassion and I think that's what it was it's compassion it's okay. hey I I want to tell you that I see you for who you are and who God's called you to be sort of a thing and uh, I think I was just really challenged and humbled. Like, huh, how often, if I, if I just slowed down a little bit and took that moment to say, I see you, mm-hmm. could I actually be drawn into a moment of compassion, right. of, of expressing the compassion of Jesus, right. uh, as opposed to just, you know, moving on with my life? Um, that actually wasn't why I was telling this story. What I was saying was, <laughs> uh, as, they, as after he does the, hey, look at us thing, he... Uh, he says, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise uh-huh. up and walk. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so another little tangent. Like, there is power in the name of Jesus, right? Like, so even there, he's not relying on Peter's power. Um, you know, and here's this amazing apostle, Peter, but he's not saying, hey, look at me, I'm Peter. It's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He recognizes there's power in that name and there's authority in that name. Right. But then what he does is really interesting because he reaches and he actually pulls, he physically pulls the guy up. Uh which I, I just thought was really interesting. Like, he doesn't just say, hey, be healed. See you later. Gotta go. Right. Um, but he reaches into this guy's world, and he it's almost like he's behaving in faith. He's he's carrying the faith for this man who maybe, like I say, this, this guy's expectations of this interaction were, I need some money. Like, mm-hmm. his understanding of what his felt need is has come down to just the raw, I just need some coins so I can eat pay, or eat. whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and yet Jesus is saying through Peter, like, I'm about to completely change your whole world. Your whole reality is about to change. But Peter actually reaches in and in faith lifts this guy up. And I think I think sometimes our job is to help, sometimes physically, interact in faith mm-hmm. with those who need a touch from the Lord. Now, that might be a physical touch, uh, you know, and in many cases, that's the, that's what's happening. When, when we teach people during a journey of compassion and, and, and during our impact weekends and stuff, when we teach them about healing, one of the things we always say is, now test it out. You know, after you've commanded the healing and, uh, you know, released the healing of Jesus over their body, like, now test it out. You know, if you got a sore arm, do something you couldn't do before. Right. And I, I, I think that's kind of what Peter's doing almost on his behalf like hey it's like i'm gonna lift you. i'm gonna, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna show you. you yeah like you you couldn't stand on these two legs before and now i'm gonna haul you up on your feet uh-huh. where you have no choice but to suddenly realize like oh my whole world just changed because jesus intervened uh-huh. um so i i think sometimes there's a progression that can happen but it only happens when we stop and do the i see you you see me interaction this mm. i'm I have stopped, and I have compassion for you. Mm-hmm. I'm operating in the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I'm going to step in in faith on your behalf and change your world right. by the power of Jesus. And then one last thing happens, which okay. is cool. Um, I love the Bible. Can I just tell you? I really do. I love the Bible. And I, I'm just I'm so enjoying reading it really slowly. Um, in You're previous like years... Well, in previous years, I've done the cover-to-cover thing. Like, it just, you know, um, uh, whether it's reading from Genesis to Revelation in order or uh, doing a a Bible reading plan. And those are good, and I would encourage people to do that because there's a grand story in the Scripture that's really important Mm -hmm. uh, to understand uh, what what God's overall plan was for creation. Right. You get the context of you get the whole the context. The Absolutely, yeah. it's really important. But having done that, I actually did that seven years in a row. Um, and what happened, I found over time was, um, I was. It became, at times, at least, it became kind of a check the box sort of a thing. Uh, you know, like okay, do my morning devotions. All right, I, I read for twenty minutes. I got my three chapters. Check. Uh-huh. I'm good. I'm on schedule. I feel good. Here we go. And then other times, oh, I'm behind schedule. I better read extra chapters. Today. Uh-huh. Um, and I, so this year, I just changed it up. I just felt like the Lord was saying, 
just slow down and enjoy the word with me a little bit. Mm. So uh, I have been going really slow. Uh, and I did a really, really slow reading of the book of Luke. And I thought, well, that was so good. Now I want to read the sequel. So now I'm reading Acts. Acts of course. Um, but the, the neat thing about having the time is you can... You can spend some time in some commentaries if you got questions about, like, what does this verse mean? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, or even the cross-references. Like, uh, I was I was reading Acts 2. Imagine that. Before Acts 3, <laughs> Before Acts 3. I have read Acts 2. Yeah, and, that one. and Peter's yeah. preaching this amazing sermon, right? It's the, it's the first big sermon in the, in the book of Acts. And uh, he's quoting the book of Joel. So I was like, well... I got time. I'm going I'm to read this passage out of Joel and just see if I can understand a little bit about why he's preaching this. So um, anyway, I, sometimes it's good to just take your time, slow down, and just sometimes you hit a verse and go, why is this here? And just stop and listen and pray. Okay, Papa, what are you saying? Hmm. Uh, and I, I think I had one of those moments this morning that I, I really treasured, to be honest. It was really yeah. neat. Um Wow. So back to the last thing that happened. Oh, the last thing. Right. So then he lifts him up and the guy starts walking and and he's leaping and dancing. And there's a great song about that if you're a six-year-old. But (laughs) okay, (laughs) leaping and dancing and praising. You don't want to hear that. Uh, Anyway, after this dude celebrates because his whole world just changed. He, it says he went into the temple with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just speaks to this inclusive nature of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Jesus is going to come and he's going to completely transform your world. He's going to heal your brokenness. He's going to heal your broken body, your broken marriage, your, uh, your broken spirit, whatever it is. He's mm-hmm. going to bring abundant life to you. But that comes in the context of, now come join us for that abundant life. Like, come. Right. Come and do life with us. And it's so not just a touch and a lead. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you come into community yeah. and not just relationship with the Lord or Jesus through your interaction, but relationship with his body yeah. and his church. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's why we do what we do on journeys. And people probably get tired of hearing me harp on this, but it's so important for me to make sure that when we're on journeys, we're pl- what we're really doing is just connecting people to the body of Christ. Somebody who maybe hasn't heard the gospel before has now heard the gospel uh, from one of our team members maybe seeing the gospel, you know, come and impact their life like they just got healed. We got uh, some great stories. I just, uh, we had a team come back from Guatemala a couple of days ago, and uh, so some of them were relaying stories of healings and, you know, mm-hmm. blind eyes opening and, th- and all these amazing things. Um, and that's great, but th- it's what happens next that's really, really important, mm-hmm. which is that uh, come join us. Like, come be a part of a community and uh, come learn what this Jesus is all about. And so we get people plugged into the local church where discipleship can happen. And discipleship happens in the context of doing life with one another. So Acts, the very end of Acts 2, uh, which I've been studying earlier this week, is, of course, uh, what was what was life like? So P- Peter delivers this amazing sermon in, uh, in the middle of Acts 2. Um, and then people respond because the Holy Spirit's doing his work. And people say, what must we do? Like, what is the response to this? Like, and so he says, he says, well, repent and be baptized, which is the response to the gospel, right? Like, turn from the way you were going 
and turn to Christ mm-hmm. and walk in his way and be baptized. Baptism was a very public declaration of I'm dying to that old self and I'm being raised in Christ. So now I'm going to walk in Christ. And it's a very public declaration, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it ends that passage with, and 3,000 were added to that number that day. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd, I've read that before and I've, I've read 3,000 hands went up. But actually, logically, you have to think about this for a second. If their question was, what must we do to be saved or to be rescued? How do do we receive this life that you're talking about in Christ? And his answer is, well, repent and be baptized. Uh, That means that 3,000 people repented and were baptized. Uh I don't know where they baptized 3,000 people. I, I, you know... I've definitely that's one of those moments in history where I, when I when I come to be with the Lord one day at the end of this life I'm going to say hey where's the rewind button I want to get to that there's got to be an instant get, replay yeah, or I want, something I want to see that one yeah. I want to see 3,000 people get yeah. get baptized in a day um, anyway so 3,000 people get baptized and then verse 42 through 47 I think I don't have my Bible in front of me because it's busy recording, it, recording this, this uh, thing but um, I think it's verse uh, chapter 2 verse 42 through 47 I think uh, starts talking about now what you know mm-hmm. sure 3,000 were added to their number that day but then what happened and it talks about what life was like and this is a very famous passage but there's four main things I think it's in verse 42 that it lists of what life in Christ looks like, what this abundant life, what this kingdom life looks like. And it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Koinonia is the word. And that's a really, we hear fellowship, and I think sometimes as North Americans, we think coffee and donuts after church. You know, hang out in the lobby and say, hey, what are you doing this afternoon? Uh Not, that's a pretty small view of fellowship. This was them doing life together. And actually, when you fast forward to verse 47, you get a better understanding of what that looks like, uh, which is they had everything in common. So yeah. you're talking like a day-to-day fellowship instead of like yeah, no, an hour fellowship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the life is hard and I'm going to call, well, they didn't have phones, but I'm going to come to your house and say, pray for me, brother, because I'm struggling. Uh, Or it's celebrate with me because uh, after 10 years of of pleading, we've just become pregnant, whatever Mm, it is. Um, So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to um, uh, the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Uh, And I was reading a little bit about that. Like theologians go back and forth on what, when they say breaking bread, is that are they referring to the Lord's Supper? Like were they doing communion or were they just eating together? And probably the answer is yes, is my guess. Mm-hmm. I think they were in the habit of eating together, having meals together, but then somebody would stand up and say, hey, let's remember right now what Christ has done for us. I mean, Jesus said, hey, when you, when you have a meal together, do this in remembrance mm-hmm. of me. You know, um, it's... It's this uh, concept of, uh, it's almost like we're planting our flag on this. Christ died and was resurrected for the forgiveness of sins, and we're following him. This is, this is the Jesus that we follow. So I think when, when it says breaking bread, they were having meals together and reminding one another that Jesus is Lord, and he won the ultimate victory on the cross. Right. Um, and then the fourth thing they devoted themselves was to prayer. So when we, when we do journeys of compassion, you know, we're, 
<laughs> I would love to say we were baptizing 3,000 people at a time. That would be cool. We did baptize. Really cool. It was like 46 in Uganda. In Uganda. Okay, so we yeah. baptized a bunch of people in Uganda, yeah. which was pretty cool. Um, and when I say we, by the way, like... Um, just a moment of transparency here. Like, uh, we were reporting on that, uh, and which is our job, your job, my job, mm. is to tell people about what's going on, all the right. amazing things. Emails. And, yeah, because we want to encourage people. And so I said to our team in Uganda, like, do you have any pictures of you guys actually baptizing anybody? Because you're sending me uh, pictures of... Uh, like local pastors baptizing. They're like, no, we let the local pastors baptize because they're being baptized into this church and these are the these are the people who will disciple them. Mm. And so we were there to bless them and pray for them and all that stuff. So that's good. Anyway, again, so, tangent. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, like the grand we. The grand we. I mean, we, our partners are, you know, these pastors that we're partnering with in Uganda mm-hmm. are baptizing these people. So, we baptize them, but then we're baptizing them into a life in Christ, yeah. which is a life of being devoted to the apostles' teaching, which, by the way, if you're looking for the apostles' teaching, uh, it it's kind of like the back third of the Bible, basically. Oh, and really the front two-thirds, too, because they at that time... They didn't know, have the back They third. didn't have the back third, so they were still... They were busy writing that, it was the <laughs> teaching. Um, but, you know, uh, so committed to the Word, uh, and then absolutely just doing life with one another, um, spending time in deep, rich fellowship with one another, not being disconnected, right? Uh, there's a myth in North America that you can not, you can be a Christian and not go to church. And my answer to that is not for long. I don't think that's sustainable. You can, you can flip on the, you know, your favorite podcast sermon or, you know, whatever, uh, Christian TV network on Sunday morning and get your favorite preacher. Uh, and you can put on your favorite worship music in the car and sing along. Those are good elements, but that's not fellowship. Right. So fellowship is key. Fellowship is massive. And there's a reason it's mentioned in this passage is one of these four things they were devoted. And by the way, devoted is not a small word. Like, you know, if you actually stop and think about what does the word devoted mean? Uh, that means like they gave their all to it. Um, devoted is like, in some cases that word is used like standing as a watchman, uh, like an armed guard sort of a thing. Like Mm -hmm. give you, your life is committed to this thing. And so when it says they were devoted to fellowship, like it's not like, oh yeah, we grab a donut after church. It's no, I mean, we, we gave everything into being together, uh, and so, yeah, if I just go to church, <laughs> it's really important. And that's what we Be tell people. Be involved in the church, yeah. Yeah. And when you, you say go to church, mm, but yeah. that's even less that's, than what you described. Yeah, like, you're right. That's a crummy way of saying it. Be in community yes. with yeah. the body of Christ. Yes. Be in yeah. fellowship. Yeah. Because, actually, and that's a good point because uh, it's easy, especially in this day and age with mega churches and all things like that. You could just you go. Could go and be a butt in a chair, and you know you could hey shake a hey how are you yeah. brother oh yeah I got the victory great sit down get your sermons sing your songs and bam you're back out in time for the football game. That is not fellowship. Right. Uh, that's not uh, that's not putting yourself in a position to have your faith being spurred on by one another. Uh, there's no iron sharpens iron in that case because there's no chance for sparks. You know, you know what I mean? Like right. as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Well, 
that's not really possible if you're just sitting in, in a, as a consumer for a few minutes every Sunday. And there's good value in consuming, but even like in high school, our life group, as we called it, it was, yeah. it was our time to be together outside of the Sunday morning. Yeah, we took what we had listened to on Sunday and said, "Okay, we're halfway through the week. What are we doing?" Yeah. And what do you remember and what was the best part of that? And then you fellowship. And so both are valuable. Um, but even outside of just the sermon on Sunday, like having, I had my brother over the other day and we just said, hey, I'm wrestling with this. Okay, well, I was reading about this and it has to do with that. So let's talk about that and encourage each other. And I've really been enjoying doing this with my friends with respect to the word. And how can you join us in doing that? Yeah. So fellowship is so much bigger than going to church. Oh, yeah. I think it really brings application of the word, right? It's, it's right. challenging one another. How are we applying the word? And, yeah, we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, absolutely. But then it's how is it, how is it affecting your life? How, you know, how are you going to respond to your boss who's treating you this way at work? Yeah. Or how are you going to parent your children? Right? When you place yourself in a vulnerable spot uh, with your with your brothers and sisters in Christ, that's where iron can sharpen iron. Right. Um, I think vulnerability really is key. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And I talked about that a a few weeks ago in in a podcast, but, um, anyway, fun. Yeah. Anyway, fun stuff on X. I I have no idea how that I started talking about something cool that happened in Uganda and ended up on that. Um, Oh, Hey, one other little cool thing that, that I just, our partners are so amazing, and it's one of the reasons And I, I look forward to being able to share next week with you the interview that I was supposed to be doing this morning. But right. um, the, our partners always blow me away with how much more they're doing than what I realized, mm-hmm. how much more the Lord is doing in their midst. And when you're faithful to just step out in what the Lord has given you to do, the Lord will give you more to do and, and give you uh, more resources to do it and all those things. And, um the School of Purpose, we talk about lots. It's one of my favorite projects that we do. Uh, you can yeah. tell, like, the website for most things is, like, you know, a couple pages. Yeah. And then the School of Purpose website. Oh, I'm, like, trying to edit yeah. this stuff. And, and in fairness, you know, we've been doing it for a lot of we years now. So there's a lot of stuff. But um, I just found out yesterday that now uh, we helped them get a clinic uh Installed right in their compound. They got a compound with a couple of buildings, uh, four buildings, I think now. Um, that sounds more fancy than it is. Two of them are like wooden huts. That um, yeah, the pictures. Yeah, put the building in perspective. Yeah, ex- yeah, building <laughs> is a relative term. Um, but anyway, we we were able to get a uh, clinic installed with like a full time nurse and stuff, which is really helping. Um, our medical bills have come way down because we used to, with the pregnant girls, we'd have to send them to a doctor, to a hospital or whatever for their prenatals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, just the way it works, they'd be prescribing medicine that was expensive that perhaps didn't actually need to be done. So now we have a full-time nurse midwife on staff. Um, but that's opened up other possibilities. So now she's partnering. I just found this out yesterday. She's partnering with St. John's Ambulance. I didn't even know St. John's Ambulance was in Uganda, but they are. They're apparently they're all over the world. Okay. Um, and they're doing uh, first aid training. And I just think that's so cool. Like, so awesome. it's these, these young women who, again, 
you know, only a few months ago, a year ago, were facing uh, the bleakest of futures, and some of them were suicidal because there just was no future, and they're pregnant and alone and abused and all these things, uh, and had zero chances in life at all, and no chance at an education or anything. Um, and now they're getting like first aid training, which is like a really key thing. Like you right. put first aid on your, I'm first aid certified on your resume. Even here, even here, that's a big deal. Right. Exactly. So, just the the holistic uh, education that they're receiving right now, I just, I, don't know, I thought it was cool. So you said something about uh, fire extinguishers too. Yeah, they, they, they're just uh, always having fun things happen. Yeah, they're learning to hear about it. They're getting training from the fire department on fire safety. So you know what to do if there is a fire yeah. and, and all these things, little things like uh, Annabelle was telling me. And these are things that. I wouldn't think of, but she, they have. She said, you know, there's the main emergency number that you'd call, or the equivalent of our 911, I guess. Um, she says, but sometimes those guys are, I don't know, busy or what? Okay. She's like, so there's a backup number you can call for, like, the local clinic that also has an ambulance or whatever. Okay. So, you know, they've all, now all these girls have those numbers, too. So they, right. you know, they've they've got several possibilities when an emergency comes up and stuff but just the dignity and empowerment that comes from these programs is it's amazing it's really I love to it. see and to get to be a part of I got a video which we will post in a little while it'll come out in a couple of days uh, from our partner Trinity yeah also in Uganda yeah and I showed it to my wife who's a graphic designer and she goes well can I just Go work for them. I'm so excited about what they're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you fly to Uganda, and I'll call you sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. But then I watched it again this morning when I got the final edit, and I had the same thought of, like, man, I just wish I could join them. Yeah. And I think I stopped mid-thought and went, oh, wait, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got to text him and say, man, I'm so excited to be working with guys like you that keep coming up with ideas yeah. and then God blesses you to implement it yeah. and then it changes lives. Yeah. So that's the Elvis video that'll be coming out coming in, in a couple of days, yeah. Friday, I think. Yeah. Young man named so, Elvis who's right. escaped gang life and has got all new possibilities in Christ. Right. Uh, you know, he met the Lord through this program and uh, everything's changing for him. It's, uh, it's good. So, like... I want to say to our listeners, go find these guys on Facebook and stuff. Right. And when we interview them, we try to link to their Facebook stuff, but they're not hard to find. But And just send them an encouraging word sometimes uh, because they're, I mean, they're doing amazing things and they just, it's its hard. It's yes. hard work in the trenches, you know. Uh, and so I think just to hear encouragement from people knowing that people are praying for you mm-hmm. uh, is huge. Uh, you know, it's it's fun to be able to send uh, finances sometimes, resources, but it's also really fun to just say, hey, we're praying for you and we're with you and we're for you and we just love you so much and we love what you're doing. It's, it's, and it's, it's fun huge. to have that connection of the body of Christ yeah. in like around the globe to know you know, I'm going to bed right now, but somebody around the world yeah. is like coming out of gang life yeah. because people are praying yeah. and supporting. Yeah. So yeah, the international you know, connections are so fun. When that guy asked Jesus, who's my neighbor? You know, when Jesus said, well, love, you know, uh, two laws, you know, love the Lord your God with your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, well, who's my neighbor? Uh, 
I think the answer to that, the answer to that then, Jesus tells, of course, the story of the Good Samaritan, which mm-hmm. blows the guy's mind. Like, whoa, hold up. That's a different culture. We don't like those people. They're, you know, they're not whatever. our neighbor. And, yeah, exactly. But now our neighbor, it's a totally different thing again, because now our neighbor is the person in the slum in Kampala or Nairobi or whatever. Like, our, our your neighbor is... Uh, the people you can say, I see you, you see me, in the same way I started a few minutes back. Have of, compassion. Yeah, have compassion. And the problem is we can't, we can no longer say, well, I don't see you because mm-hmm. we do see them. You know, if you watch BBC or CNN or whatever, you see the brokenness and there's opportunity to respond. You know, whether it's through Impact Nations or somebody else, there is opportunity to respond in compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's broken people all around us in our own cities too. So our neighbor is on the other side of the street. Our neighbor is standing with a sign in an intersection. And our neighbor is trying to escape gang life in the slums of Kampala. Kampala. Uh, and part of the to me, and this is tangential again, but the interesting part of the gospel, as you get saved and then you are in the word and growing in your relationship and he is molding your heart after his, you stop saying so much, I, I can't say that I don't see you. And that almost sounds like I don't want to see you, but now I have to, and I have to do something about it because Jesus said... But as our heart becomes aligned with his, we just naturally begin to love yeah. the broken and the needy. And we say, I don't, I don't want to miss you. Yeah. Where, where can I go to see the mm. need yeah. and then join it and be so stoked yeah. about the freedom that we have to join that? Exactly. You know, when it says they devoted themselves to prayer, it doesn't actually say in that instance what they were praying about, about. or for. But I think you're right. I think as our hearts begin to be molded and, and aligned to his heart, um, there's this great line in a song, break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm-hmm. I love that line because, and that's my prayer. Like, Lord, I want to be moved with compassion by the things that you're moved with compassion for. Uh, I was driving into work this week. I was telling you about this earlier. But I was just going to say, this I, is so relevant. Yeah. Like I, I was driving into work and just found myself praying. Now, I, full confession, sometimes when I drive to work, I'm not praying. Uh, sometimes I'm listening to a sermon, <laughs> which is about as spiritual as it gets, or maybe listening to an audio Bible. More often than not, I'm listening to a podcast because I love podcasts. But I was actually, I was, I was listening to a podcast and I was halfway to work and I've just suddenly, something was welling up inside of me. So I, I hit pause and I just found myself praying out loud in my car, Lord, I want to rescue lives. I want to... I want to see the gospel transform more lives, and I want to see more lives literally rescued from from disaster, from brokenness, uh, from poverty, whatever. Will you please send us more lives to change, to rescue, to transform? Will you? And I, and I, and I said, Lord, I trust you. Um, I, I trust you to transform those lives by the power of your name. Mm-hmm. I trust you. If you send them to us. You will give us what we need, the resources, uh, the anointing 
to, to transform those lives, but please just send them. Send them our way. I want to I want to change the world for your glory. I want your gospel to reach people that it hasn't yet reached. And I suddenly am just praying. And you can <laughs> tell even now I'm getting excited. It's like, yeah, yeah, tearing up here. Yeah, I am. Because, and that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Like, I, this was not a prayer of mine 10 years ago. And um, this is the, I, you know, this is how we pray when we're aligned with his word. It's, uh, no, there's other prayers that I pray that are a little bit more me focused, like, Lord, please, you know, care for my family, heal mm-hmm. my body. I've been sick for three weeks for Pete's sake, please heal my body. But, you know, I think when it comes right down to it, the raw cry of my heart, uh, at least every once in a while is, oh God, please help me to rescue lives in your name. And, and again, in the, in the same way, by the way, that Peter had to step out in faith. I mean, Peter's already stepping out in faith when he says, hey, look at us. Like, as soon as he says that, he's in. Like, he's, he's already, now I'm into this thing. So, yeah, so he's <laughs> probably the Lord is, like, or he's saying to the Lord, like, okay, now's the time to show up because <laughs> we're going to do this thing. Um, but it starts with just that, like, they devoted themselves to prayer. Um, and by the way, they devoted themselves, verse 47, which I alluded to earlier, the, the, the common good. Like they would sell what they had to make sure they could provide for one another. Uh, I kind of wonder if it's a coincidence that just in that next chapter, in this next episode at the beginning of chapter 3, um, Peter says to the guy, hey, I don't have any money. Like it's silver and gold. It to the church. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, right. hey, I'm tapped out right now, but I've got something way better, and mm-hmm. your world's about to completely change, and you're about to get way more than you asked for, way more than you bargained for. Um, I, I've lost my train of thought. I don't even know what I'm talking about it's, anymore. It's but. just pinball today, and then that's fine. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but I don't know. Ask the Lord to put that cry in your heart. Mm-hmm. Of Lord, right. put people in my life that. I can encourage with the gospel and give the gospel to. And those maybe, like I said, that may be the person across the street or maybe the person across the world. But, you know, you pray that prayer and the Lord will do it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will be faithful to provide for you what you need to go and transform those lives by the power of his gospel. So, I just had a random thought Uh-oh. that we're Facebook Live. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and we never uh, respond to comments. Are there any? Well, no, but there's no. two people watching, okay. one of which is probably me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <clears throat> if you guys want to comment, I'll keep an eye on this. And yeah. You know, the other thing, join the conversation. Yeah, and I've, I've forgotten to tell people this year. I was telling people regularly last year, but w- there's an email address, just podcast at impactnations.com. If you got questions or whatever, something you want us to talk about, um, you know, people probably don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from Dad. He'll be back in town in a few weeks, a and we'll weeks. get him a week to join us uh, on this as well. But um, yeah, if you got questions or comments, absolutely fire away. But yeah. um, I don't know. I sorry, you're stuck with us this week. Next week, I, <laughs> next week will be better. That was the best. that, was, that, <laughs> that was, was the episode. Three weeks three ago. Weeks and it ago, was it was better for two weeks. Yeah, there you go. And now we're back to me again. But um, so maybe we'll title this like it got better. Yeah, I don't know. The point is, God is doing awesome things around the world. He's doing awesome things in your life, too. Celebrate that. Tell others about mm-hmm. what the Lord is doing in your life. Uh, and ask the Lord to, to, open your eyes. to send people into your world that you can move with compassion on. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's all I have to say for I'm gonna, today. I'm going to steal it, if that's okay, okay and sure. talk about something that I'm excited about yeah. here. Um, I've been working on this endless computer program. Yeah. Um, the, not a program for the computers, but anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, I came in and I told Tim yesterday, it's so hard sometimes to share my excitement through just some text on Facebook or an email and then a couple of pictures. We don't have any videos because it's the first time we've done anything like this. I've, yeah. I've never seen anyone do have this kind of a response from the Lord. And so it's fun to get to share it. So I'm going to do that. Um, I'm fairly new here at Impact Nations, a couple of months and one of my first tasks when I got here, Tim goes, oh, we need like 10 computers, but we don't have the money for it. So here's a grant that you can apply for. And hopefully we'll get 10 computers out of it for a project. In, well, I think the original project was going to be in Uganda. And then it just evolved. So we get an email back. I, I submitted the application. We get an email back saying something like, we love what you're doing. Can you take any more computers? So, uh... I don't know. So we called most of our partners and said, do you need computers? And we kind of messed around and came up with 50. We, we can use 50. Yeah. All right. So we emailed him. He goes, that's awesome. But we have so many computers. Seriously, can you take more? So then we get on the phone. We happened to, I think you were on the phone with Mike. And Mike goes, absolutely. <laughs> He's yeah. so excited. Yeah. He, I, I think what he said was, we could take them all. Like before. Did finished. he say that? Like, we'll take them all. <laughs> yeah. Great. So we'll take them all. And so... We said, okay, great. Figured out he needs almost a thousand computers for schools and churches in Kenya. Yeah, he's overseeing his. He's got a team of pastors who are working with. I want to say ninety schools. Okay. Around around their county. Uh, Just their county. Their state. Okay. Yeah, like the, the county is like a state for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So we email back the grant and say, yeah, we'll take a thousand, and that'll include our our fifty and his nearly a thousand. And we get back, that's awesome that you're in Kenya. We have people who need stuff. Can you help us distribute some more? So our grant, and I told this story in the email very, very briefly, the newsletter email. We wound up with 1,800 computers in this grant. And, like, for God to bless that from 10 to 1,800 just blew my mind. Yeah. And now we get to, like, distribute them. Okay, what are we going to do with them? Yeah. Um, and so there's some that are going to to people already. And then Mike has this vision in his church to put up 10, which is the original amount that we had started with. And it's just going to be a learning lab for kids to come in and get connected with the Internet, which is something that they don't have the opportunity for where, you know, electricity is almost hard yeah. to find. But these computers are specifically built to run on low internet, low electricity, but still provide these kids the connections yeah, that they they're, need they're to enter the modern with, world. Yeah, they're jam-packed with amazing software that is, like, a full productivity right. suite and all that stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. And then there's software, there's educational software options yeah. so that they can have the textbooks that they need for school yeah. that would otherwise cost them money which, I mean, it's going to cost money either way, but these aren't going to wear out like a paperback that gets dropped in the mud and walked right. on. Yeah. They're going to stay in the computer yeah. well taken care of. Anyway, so excited about that. 
there's a potential for government officials to pick up the call and say, we want to do this more and be a part of it. Yeah, and I can actually tell you, I was I was in Kenya, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. Uh, feels like forever ago now. but It does uh, feel a long time ago. But uh, we, uh, I was actually there really ostensibly to be talking with Mike and some uh, government officials about water, getting safe drinking water into various regions. But we kept on running into like educational professionals, like the, you know, people who are head of the board of education or, oh, wow. or things like that, you know, just uh, several, I can't even think of their titles right now, but we just kept on running it. Like they literally, we'd be sitting, having a meeting and Mike would be like, Hey, and he'd call somebody over and he's like, Oh, this is so-and-so of the education board or whatever. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. He's like, Hey, he's got computers. You want computers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we need computers. Awesome. It's amazing. So, uh, there's a, there's really a lot of need there. And the, the great thing is for Mike, it's just an opportunity for his pastors to be then working in these schools where they're already doing incredible work mm-hmm. and they're doing feeding programs and they do like a, I've seen it, uh, they, it, it'd be like a VBS type of thing, you know, like song and dance and Bible teaching and all this stuff. They do like once a week at every school and then uh, they're, now I'm telling Mike's story, but uh, well, I mean, his his pastors I guess you might hear keep a ledger week. with all these students' names that that are attending these uh, programs, and then they go. They're mandated once a month to be in their homes, wow. to be checking on the parents and and just discipling them and, and sharing the gospel and all this stuff. It's really quite remarkable. So anytime we can put tools in in Mike's hands and his pastor's hands to be further uh, ministering, uh, further uh, infused into the school, Mm -hmm. uh, it's only going to bring great fruit. Uh, The Lord's already brought great fruit. And it it just, it's another way for us to come alongside those schools and say, we are for you, we're with you. And by the way, so is Jesus. Uh, It's pretty cool. It's so fun. So, So I've been working on the project and that means it's not done. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pitch what we need still. Yeah. Um, the computers that we got are these little, they're small. Some of them are really small and some of them are a little bit bigger. But it's just the computing software and hardware. Yeah. But it doesn't come with the monitor or the keyboard or the mouse. Yeah. And so they're exciting, but we still need those to make it happen. Yeah. And so right now, just getting started with the 10 for Mike and his church, just 10... Yeah. monitors, keyboards, and mice so that he can create this lab and then bring others to say, hey, come see what we're doing. Do you want to join us? Yeah, and that was very much what, what he and I were talking about with some of those government officials when I was there a few So they're already back. primed like, to come see it. Yeah, they're really excited to come and see this lab. And then, of course, the that's going to... The government has money to... Like, let's not kid ourselves. The, right. the government has money already allocated for, for programs and stuff. So um, they are ready to invest in computers and to be told, hey, you the computer is yours. All you got to do is buy the, compu- the, monitor, the monitor, mouse, and keyboard. That's an amazing deal. And as we talk to them about that, like their jaws just dropped. Like, oh, really? You would do that? You would provide that for us? Absolutely. Um, we have it. But they, it's one of those things, hey, seeing is believing. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of talk 
sometimes in, in countries like Kenya, uh, not a lot of action. So if we can show them this lab. But the other thing, and you and I were talking about this yesterday afternoon, late in the day before I went home for the day, just like, hey, but, you know, the the demonstration lab is cool, like, it's because that's going to bring in investment from the government to supply um, 1,790 monitors and keyboards and stuff. But it's also going to have a lasting legacy of these kids are coming after school and stuff like they're they're hanging around the church or they're hanging around the neighborhood like with nothing to do an opportunity for them to come and and be cared for by pastors in Mike's church uh, and receiving skills you know that they would otherwise not receive they wouldn't have any yeah. access to yeah so to, for a kid to grow up having access to a computer every day after school or whatever that's incredible uh, the the, I think sometimes we take that for granted here. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say how many iOS devices I have, you know, just Actually, old discarded iOS devices in my house that my kids play Minecraft on or whatever. So we tend to take that for granted. But mm-hmm. there, that's that's a massive deal for them to have access to stuff like that. So um, the ripple effect of having a 10-computer lab at the church where kids can come and gather and learn and be discipled and another touch point. And again, the follow-up that comes from these pastors is amazing. They're so well organized um, that you know. I know that every kid who comes in and uses a computer is also going to get visited by a pastor in their home and, and things. Right. And then their parents start coming to church and hearing the word too. You know, and and then they get involved disciples. in the fellowship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're back to that. It all just yeah. it all connects. Yeah. And it's it's exciting. So anyway, I'll put a link to that web page. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested, there's a TEDx, and I love TEDx. Sometimes I listen to podcasts. Sometimes it's TED. Yeah. Um, but there's a video on the webpage from TEDx from the founder of Endless, and he casts their vision. Yeah. And the, the title of the video is, What Happens When a Billion People Get Computers? Hmm. And that's, that's what he's... Compelling. That's compelling. Yeah, and that's a huge goal that he's calling out. Yeah. But it's an amazing video. So yeah. follow the link. I'll put it in the podcast. Uh, watch the video. Get involved. Yeah. From ten, and his vision is, a, that, did I say a billion or a million? I think it's a billion. Yeah. Anyway, it's awesome. Yeah. So, how long do we have? Cool. Do you want to keep talking? No, I, I. I don't know. Yeah, we're pretty much at the end. Oh, I don't know. Time flies. When it does. Yeah, it's but fun. I love Jesus. I love what He's doing around the world, and Lord Jesus, hear my cry. Send us more people to rescue. Amen. And I know you will give us the resources to do it. We just we need the people to rescue. Will you send us the people to rescue, to transform with your gospel by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Ah. Amen. Awesome. Okay. I think we're done. Okay, I gotta go. <laughs>